All of the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords for the segment. We're joined by Adam. Good morning. Good morning. It's not a good morning. Excuse me. Good morning, See, Lena. I, I, I do make a point. <laughs> Are you ever well rested before coming into apparently, the studio? Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, you're not alone, and I didn't mean to single you out. I think many soul lights are prone to sleepless nights, especially yeah. during these humid and hot months. It gets tricky. Yeah, and uh, I'm mm. fearing my electricity bill because I'm turning the air conditioning on all night. And but, but I does think that that's actually where the dry throat comes oh, from. Oh, <laughs> you can't win, can you? But I mean, we'll get to the kinds of food that we're yeah. apparently supposed to avoid before going to bed. Is yeah. there something you eat in the evening that might be disrupting sleep? Uh, I don't think so, because I don't tend to eat before I go to sleep. <laughs> okay. My dinner, I Is... usually, lately, mm-hmm. I've been trying to have no later than 6 p.m. Oh, okay. Never mind. I, I, I do apologize for yeah. making uh, my judgment. So it's very hasty. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs> no, I have in the past eaten <laughs> just before I go to bed. So, yes, your judgment is partially right. But, uh, right. yeah, it's interesting, that topic, because I've actually been watching YouTube videos and stuff mm-hmm. to avoid eating before ah. bed and stuff that you should eat when you wake up. What should I eat if I want a restful night? What should you eat if you want a restful night? A glass of milk? Apparently cherries are quite good. That's very interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look into it. See, things I mean, that, everybody things, has health tips to yeah, share. And things that don't... Um, help with sleeping. Uh, things that probably do help with sleeping as mm-hmm. well. Apparently apples as well. In Korea, that's, I'm, that's a myth buster that I'm going to have right now. Yeah. There's a myth in Korea that eating apples in the evening is, is bad, bad for, for you, you. But it's complete opposite. It's actually <laughs> scientifically proven to be actually beneficial. I, I wanted you. to bust that myth. It's, <laughs> it's so funny because there will be a scientist who will come forward and say, no, it's still more beneficial in the morning. Anyhow, thanks for that tip. Yeah, well, an apple a day, you know, keeps the doctors away any time of the day. That's right. Mm-hmm. You you're a poet. You oh, didn't even yes. know it. All right, we're going to shift our focus to keyword news. Uh, we're going to have to start out with our COVID-19 coverage. As always, this yes. is our first keyword of the day. Delta surge. Korea's COVID-19 situation is getting worse by the day with Delta variant cases on the rise. So let's take a look at the mm. latest figures. Yeah, really not looking that good at the moment. Mm. Uh, getting worse. Uh, it's hit yet another fresh high on Wednesday. The uptick is mostly being blamed on the rise in Delta cases, which has now surpassed that of the previous dominant Alpha uh, variant. Uh, the swift spread of the variant has prompted the government to actually acknowledge that it had been a bit too lax with its judgments through last month. It was kind of downplaying the Delta variant, saying that mm-hmm. the cases was uh, quite low compared to other countries but mm-hmm. with the high transmissibility of the delta variant that soon uh, turned out to be wrong and this mm-hmm. also came at a time when the government was trying to ease distancing rules as well and health authorities have warned that daily cases may rise to the mid 2000s in mid august especially in time with the, the summer vacation and a lot of people traveling mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. in the past week the number of delta cases has doubled and now accounts for nearly 63% of total infections we mentioned yesterday that it's about two thirds of the uh, variant mm-hmm. infections uh, three out of every 10 confirmed cases domestically involved a variant not mm-hmm. just the delta uh, nearly two thirds of them are the delta variant as i said and this is 23, this 23.3% detection rate for the Delta variant was more than double the 9.9% rate that was calculated the week before. Because we do take sample sizes as right. as opposed to, well, testing everybody. Yeah, and uh, that is mm. quite a jump. And yeah. uh, in the Greater Seoul area, the detection rate rose by 12.1% to 26.5%. So it's still 
concentrated in the mm. capital region, another uh, area for concern. All right, we're going to move on to our second keyword of the day. Car protests. Because protests are not allowed in the greater Seoul area, it is under the highest level four restrictions. It has angered many small business mm. owners. And although these rallies were not allowed, uh, they did show their opposition by staging demonstrations inside their cars, which yeah. is technically not allowed either. It's technically not allowed either. And um, technically, a lot of them were outside their cars as it, well, if you look point. at the pictures. And uh, the business owners did take to the streets of Yaido last night. Uh, to protest the Level 4 measures and the government's compensation plan for them, or lack thereof, as they're claiming. They are demanding the government pull back the Level 4 rules and gathering ban, as well as provide sufficient compensation for revenue losses. Now, police have called the protests illegal and were seen cracking down on the demonstrators, uh, not violently, but they're trying to block the cars mm-hmm. from going to uh, their planned route. The business owners uh, had to change their press conference venue as well due to police restrictions uh, and mass rallies under Level 4 are banned at the moment. As you said, only one-person demonstrations are allowed. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're that one person in the car, isolated from everyone else. It is still a mass gathering. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what pe- uh, the police kept telling the business owners, but they didn't back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and The car rally... Uh, eventually ended at about 1 a.m. and so they uh, also broke curfew. Okay. They also broke curfew and it started uh, as well after the the curfew hours. So right. uh, it was a bit of a problem. Um, mm. Yeah, but. Uh, you kind of got to understand both sides, though. I mean, these business sure. owners, they were kind of looking forward to these ease distancing rules anytime soon. And right. then it just jumped to the highest level. Right. They were struggling already. And right. so, yes, the, I understand their point of view. Right. The way they're expressing it may be not the best option. And it may cause problems. Yeah. H- however, they're, as you've said, I think mm. it is fair to look at both sides. What is prompting them to actually risk yeah. their own health in question exactly. two uh, to come out so late into the evening? How frustrating. Yeah are they and should there be relief from the government's perspective exactly and there's been a the level four is i think uh Mm. not as uh it's not they're not really angered so much by the level four they're angered more about the compensation or lack thereof that they're saying the the compensation of revenue losses that uh, the government is currently uh, deliberating on apparently because of these level four measures, uh, but in the current way, apparently each business owner is only getting about six hundred thousand one, uh, which is definitely not enough to mm. cover any other sales losses it's and less revenue than losses. Six hundred dollars, mm. exactly. So uh, yeah, at the moment, uh, it's pretty insufficient at the moment. Uh, mm. But apparently, the government is working on a, revi- a revision for that. All right. Here's another point bone to pig. Let's talk about the vaccine situation in the country. This is our third keyword of the day. Vaccine reservations. So vaccine appointments for the 55 to 59 age group has resumed, but as as expected, a demand was high. There were technical glitches. Um, it does call into yeah. question insufficient supply. Run us through the details. Yeah, it was kind of widely expected to uh, I, I, I be high so. in demand and yeah. uh, these technical glitches as well, because, you know, I mean, the service can only take a certain amount of logins at once. Uh, but the reservations did resume at 8 p.m. on Wednesday. That time, 8 p.m. actually changed so that people can make reservations outside of work. Uh, This was to give the 55 to 59s uh, another chance to sign up after an early shutdown in bookings Mm. prevented 
many from applying on Monday. That shutdown, the KDCA explained, was a preemptive measure to prevent any vaccine shortage. Uh, but within three hours of opening on Wednesday, some 400,000 reservations were made. Uh, there were also some technical problems, as you said, with servers being overloaded with too many people logging it at once. Mm. That actually happened before the actual opening of the reservations. Mm. So there were uh, technicians were quick to try and mm. uh, alleviate that problem. Now, the newly opened reservations will last until 6 p.m. July 24th. That is next Saturday. Younger people are also rushing to sign up for leftover Pfizer vaccine doses as well, made available this month. Uh, some people are even taking time off work. Uh, to hurry to get the shot, uh, something known as pancha, which is half a day off uh-huh. in Korea. So okay. they're, they're open in the afternoon, they pop up, and then they basically <laughs> say, yep, I'm off to get my vaccine. So they're on See you standby, tomorrow. essentially using <laughs> yeah. half of their days, waiting for these exactly. leftover vaccines to pop up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately, only a few people have succeeded <laughs> in reserving these spare doses because the demand does far outweigh the supply still at the moment. I think vaccine hesitancy is almost virtually not non-existent no, in South not in Korea. Korea. <laughs> All right, on to our fourth keyword of the day. U.S. Delta crisis. Turning to the pandemic situation in the U.S. this time, there's been a resurgence there as well that can be explained by the Delta variant. Mm. So what's the latest? This Delta variant is really causing a, a problem globally, isn't it? I mean, the COVID-19 curve in the U.S. is rising again. That mm. happens after months of decline. Mm. Uh, with a number of new cases per day doubling over the past three weeks. Now, this has been driven by the fast-spreading Delta variant, as well as lagging vaccination rates and also Fourth of July gatherings as well. Mm -hmm. Now, a cluster of Midwestern and Southern states have emerged as a new center of COVID-19 outbreaks. Those are kind of areas where vaccinations tend to be quite low. Mm -hmm. Uh, The uptick also comes as life in much of the U.S. has actually started to return to near normal, with many restrictions having been lifted, if that's a message of saying uh, it's too early to lift the restrictions, uh, who knows? Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. even with the latest surge, cases in the US are actually nowhere near their peak of a quarter million per day that we saw in January That's over a there. That's fair point. Uh, and deaths are running at under 260 per day on average after topping out at more than 3,400 over the winter. So the numbers are still quite low. Okay. Still, amid the rise, health authorities in places such as uh, Los Angeles County, St. Louis, they're all begging even immunized people to resume wearing masks in public uh, as a precaution. All right. Let's also take a look at the situation. India, uh, Indonesia, excuse me, is also becoming the new hotspot of infections in Asia. What's the latest in Indonesia? Yeah, Indonesia reported more than 54,000 new coronavirus cases for the first time on Wednesday. It surpasses recent daily infections in India, uh, the previous kind of epicenter in Asia, whose disastrous outbreak is actually declining now. Uh, A month ago, daily cases were running at about 8,000 in Indonesia. So that is quite a jump. Now, officials fear that the more highly uh, transmissible Delta variant is now spreading from the islands of Java and Bali. More than 90,000 of the 120,000 hospital beds for COVID-19 patients are occupied, and it seems like they're going to run out uh, soon. The government is also struggling to acquire enough vaccines to reach its target of inoculating more than 181 million of its 270 million population by March 2022. So far, only 15.6 million people have been fully vaccinated. And of course, Indonesia is not that well off of a country. So Mm. this whole uh, question of vaccine disparity among the economies uh, also comes into play. This is why potentially Pfizer's booster shot is under scrutiny, because Mm. we could better use those resources to countries that haven't been able to give even the first shots, perhaps. Mm. Indonesia included, but not limited to that. Right. Right on to our fifth keyword of the day. 
New Deal Investment. All right, turn to Korea's New Deal policy. 2.0, if you will. The mm. government is planning to expand investment in the plan. More money. What's in store? Sorry, I just... I just <laughs> <laughs> Every time someone puts a 2.0 on everything, <laughs> I just cringe. Does that bother you? Yeah, it's kind of really Silicon Valley talk. And, it's just, um, and it feels kind of old school just, Silicon yeah. Valley. And when a term feels outdated, it does make you cringe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But the point is crystal clear. Yeah, I mean, the it's goal, been improved. <laughs> yeah, it's been improved. I mean, yeah, that's just me. and just wanted to put that out there. All right. Uh, but the expanded investment plan is aimed at creating more jobs uh, and to better prepare for the post-pandemic era when that will come. Who knows? Uh, hopefully soon. Now, under the New Deal 2.0 initiative, <laughs> the government will invest 220 trillion won in pushing for digital and green energy projects. Mm. Those seems to be the two. There's four, and those seem to be the two t- uh, top two, uh, as well as in promoting this inclusive economic growth by 2025. So mm. trying to uh, narrow that economic uh, disparity. disparity gap. Now, that's up from its early investment plan of 160 trillion won, The government hopes that the upgraded plan will create around 2.5 million jobs by the year 2025 from its earlier target of 1.9 million jobs. Mm. Now, the government wants to especially help younger people find work as well and also increase the quality of work that people are getting. Um, now, the country plans to invest around 49 trillion won in digital projects by 2025 in a bid mm-hmm. to nurture new growth engines mm-hmm. in that field. For the new Green Deal, a uh, Green New Deal rather, the government plans to spend more than 60, uh, some 61 trillion won to bolster green industries and eco friendly projects. That's whole mm. uh, part of all this goal of going uh, carbon neutral mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. within a, a few years' time. Yeah. All right. So it, it's supposed to all overlap, right? Yeah. A green and digital. Uh, and, and new projects mm, yeah. as opposed to creating new jobs for these uh, young people, as I say, mm. uh, to uh, to ensure that these jobs in the future are more sustainable. Mm. It is a very ambitious plan. Whether they'll sure. be able to realize those goals is yet to be seen, but it is a plan nonetheless. <laughs> it's a blueprint. It, it guides us in that general direction. Yeah. All right, on to our sixth keyword of the day. More oil supply. Okay. The United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia reportedly ended an impasse over oil supply policy. So let's take a look at this OPEC plus policy. What's the latest? Yeah, so reports are suggesting that OPEC on Wednesday arrived at a deal after a nearly two-week standoff over its future oil production levels. Now, the deal was apparently reached after the UAE's baseline was increased to 3.65 million barrels per day from April 2022, the date when the current pact had been scheduled to end. Uh, In a statement on Wednesday, though, the UAE energy ministry said that a deal with OPEC plus on its baseline is yet to be reached and that deliberations are continuing so no confirmations yet Uh, the deal is also provisional and subject to approval at an as yet unscheduled meeting of the cartel and OPEC plus that includes Mm -hmm. Russia led producers as well Mm -hmm. Russia has been trying to kind of play the mediator between the UAE and Saudi Arabia to try and get a deal uh, signed. Now, the reported compromise should inject a sharp increase of oil supply into an extremely tight market and help ease surging oil prices. We have mm. been seeing uh, oil prices surge recently, but mm. these reports actually led to global oil prices dropping over fears of oversupply. So it's been quite a volatile market because of these reports, uh, but we'll have to see. Thank you very much, Aaron, for today's coverage. As always, it was insightful. Mm-hmm. I'll see you. you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> see you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.